and welcome to this week's episode of Behind the Box. There's a big show coming up, of course. Feature racing is back on the cards. We've got the Group 2 Blacktop Final to be held at Ladbrokes Gardens on Friday evening. Absolute cracker of a feel. We had Group 2 Sydney Cup heats last night. Moving forward to Saturday night, we've got heats of the Group 1 Peter Mossman Opal for the girls and the Group 1 Big Peters Classic for the boys. But what a week it's going to be around Australia, particularly in Sydney and New South Wales. 70% double vaccination. We hit that target last night. Timmy Newbold's been in jail there for uh, what seems like an eternity, but he's got a big smile on his face. I can tell you that because Penrith took out the NRL grand final last Sunday. Battler, you must be uh, very happy with yourself. Yeah, g'day, Jerk. Yeah, things are looking a hell of a lot brighter here. Uh, that's for sure. I've had a really good week the last week. Penrith, as you mentioned, got the money. Uh, I uh, got to work with Park last night to do a few interviews and watch the heats of the Sydney Cup. And, of course, it is Freedom Day come Monday, and I, for one, cannot wait to just get out and about, go a little further than uh, five kilometres from your home and uh, you know, get to the parks and go for a walk along the water and uh, and get to the pub or the club and have a beer and a bet and enjoy the company of a few other people other than just your, your very close family, Duke. And, and the couriers that pop in, yeah. Now listen, I'm the last one to throw stones when it comes to hair. Right? <laughs> what's, what's going on with the hair? I haven't oh, seen I you know. with hair that long. Just turn around at the back and show people yeah, the back yeah, of it. Yeah, look at it. Look, look at, at that. Look at that. I know. Hey, don't worry. We were park last night. A few crocodiles had a real couple of hot goes at me. Uh, geez, I'll tell you what, they, they, they shouldn't have been talking just quietly. But uh, to be quite frank, I would generally get a haircut every every four weeks, I guess. And I was due to get one when we went into lockdown back in uh, late June. So it's been a long, long wait. Barry the barber, he'll get a run, <laughs> I dare say, on Monday or Tuesday next week, as soon as I can get up there. Look, Paula did order some clippers and some scissors and, and cut the boy's hair, I don't know, five, six, eight weeks ago, whatever it was now. Look, she did offer to do mine. I thought I'm not going to be victim number three. I'll just wait <laughs> to bury the barber, mate. Yeah, $25 special. Hey, listen, Battler, last Friday night, four heats of the Group 2 Blacktop staged at the Gardens. Cracking fields, cracking heats. More sores came out and won the, uh, won the first heat running, you know, 29-4. Probably wasn't as well away as what I thought he would be. Um, mm. Casual glance came out on one. He was dominant as well. And, and then you look Zulu Warlord, but sipping Kyrgios in the last tee. Mm. Boy, oh boy, what a run. What about the track sense he showed to find the fence and then track the leader? Yeah, tremendous track sense. And he has really become the complete race dog, Duke. I, I, he, he came on my ra radar really early days after he'd only had a few runs. And I can remember back even to win the National Derby uh, at Weddy Park, and I think he ended up second reserve for the race. But back then, he was very green, and he, he didn't have any race sense at all. And I, I thought he, he was better drawn wider out where he had room to boom. But now he, he is showing great track sense. There on Friday night, he got away only fairly, but then he just dove back to the Raz underneath a couple of greyhounds. And all of a sudden, he was parked right behind uh, the leader pay call, which I was on, and I knew it was... Good night, nurse, at that point, because uh, she couldn't hold him out with his finishing strength. And he ran home in 11.92, Duke. Um, 
I can't recall a quicker run home time at the gardens in, in my time I've been doing form there. So it was a phenomenal performance. He's got a really tricky draw in the final, but we're going to talk to Mini Finn a little later on. So we can, we can talk to Mini about that, but yeah, it was a tremendous night's racing. Really looking forward to, to Friday night's uh, blacktop because one thing, the race will be won at Box Rise Duke. When you've got all these high-speed greyhounds, you can't uh, you can't aff afford to miss it just even a half length or even a neck because you're going to have to be running 490s to lead at that first turn. And if you do lead, I think whatever leads will get home in the blacktop. Well, the dog that ran 493 in the heat of the blacktop last week was, of course, more sauce. And the third host of Behind the Boxes, well, it seems like the third host of Behind the Boxes, choices now mickey lil uh the other half of the michelle lil training uh kennel a uh mickey boxes one and eight let's talk about more sauce first didn't come out under the lids but still ran 493 you must have been happy with that 2940 run mate i oh, mate i was body stoked with the boy um i don't think there'd be many dogs that can miss the way he did and still clear him before they get to the you know, just past the winning post and still clock 494. It was, um, and then to, to run, you know, 17, 10 down the back, 2940s, his second ever 500. Oh, mate, I was tickled pink. And coming up with the red in the final, slow, uh, a greyhound drawn beside him, zipping Alabama, not noted uh, for her early pace. Again, his last three runs, I went back and had a look at his last three runs, and, and before he was sort of, he was coming out under the lids, but his last couple, he's sort of, he's only been fairly away, but he's just got that magic burn. Yeah, 100%, mate. Yeah, in his trial at the Gardens when he went 484, I was sitting up in the stands and watching him in. He dead set, came, come out underneath the leads. He just wasn't quite set the other day. He probably probably needed another another look there um, out of the leads there. But I, you know, I think, you know, coming up with the cherry, I expect him to improve it. If he... If he can run that 484 like he did in the trial on the Monday night, if you knock a knock a tenth off his overall time, you know he's going to be he's going to be hard to beat. You know he's in good order. We had a really good week with him. You know I was actually the last three weeks leading into the heat, I wasn't able to give him any work in between. You know because we were patching him up, but um, you know this week I was able to give him a bit of work at home, and uh, yeah, no, really happy with him going in. When you talk of work, Mick, what do you actually do in the week leading up? Is it a run up the straight? Do you give him a trial and then you know a slip at the gardens or go to Maitland? What do you do in between runs? Oh, mate, I just work him at home, mate. Yeah, yeah, got the long yards at home, so um, he's, he can be. He's all three boys really. They're all completely different. Robbie Rotten, Casual Glance, and More Sauce. More Sauce can be quite lazy. Um, he saves everything for race day. So if I want to stick a bit of work into him, I've got to get in there and. Um, and run with him or, or throw another, if I throw another dog in, he'll just work himself into the ground. He's that competitive, you know? So, you know, I just, he just had a light gallop on, um, on Tuesday. He probably done four or 500 meters. Um, yeah, mate. And, uh, we've, uh, we'll give it, we we'll give him a bath yesterday afternoon and he's, he's, he's walking around like Fred Astaire at the moment. He's ready to go. What about casual glance, Mick? We talk about dogs that, that are reliable beginners. He consistently run, well, he ran 490, uh, to the first mark there last Friday night, which is his fastest first split, but he always breaks five seconds there at the gardens. He comes up with box eight, uh, four starts at the track, three wins, a best of 29.44. How do you see the box draw? You've got Arctic, Ting Arctic Kingdom drawn directly underneath you, Paycall, Zipping Kyrgios, 
And then you've got Zulu Warlord in box four, who we know wants to head off the track at box rise. Yeah, mate, he's, he's the best I've ever had him, the dog. He's going to run the race of his life. Uh, with Arctic Kingdom sitting up in the seven, he sort of wants to get down a bit, play tall, buddy. She'll run a, uh, a fairly straight line. Um, like you said, Zulu, he wants to, he, well, he's, he's suited to a middle drawer and he's going to want to use a little bit of the track. Um, there was two boxes left, Duke, uh, um, more sauce and, and, um, and zip and Kyrgios, the last two uh, numbers to be drawn when we done the live box draw there. And I didn't really care where more sauce drew, but uh, there was only yeah, one and the five were left, but I just didn't, I was just hoping zip and Kyrgios didn't get the red cause he'd probably be unbeatable, you know? So with him drawn in the middle, you know, he, can he break five to the first mark? I don't know, but um, yeah, I know my boys, they'll, uh, they'll definitely get under the five early. I think casual glance is in the prime condition of his career. He's pulling up that clean and he's, his work at home is solid. Um, very, very happy with him going in. He's got a tremendous record from outside boxes, Mick. He's won five out of six from box eight, four out of six from box seven, and four out of six from box six as well. Do you think he will need to run 485 or 488 to get across? You think he can get across all that speed? Well, with his first two, two or three strides are slightly left, but when he goes slightly left at his first two or three strides, it's explosive. So with the seven wanting to get down, that's going to help him because he's not going to have to check his run and get back into his stride, the way I see it. Um, he's, if more source doesn't, if more source finds the front, I don't think casual glance can boot him. That's in my honest opinion, because he's going to, if more source gets a clean early start and runs mid 485, if he runs 485 the first mark, well, he's going to run 17 dead down the back. So he's just not going to be able to keep up. But if he's anywhere near him, he'll keep coming casual glance. Don't worry about that. Okay, so are you leaning towards more source off the red than casual glance? If he gets the start right, well, he, you just take a tenth off his overall time last week. He runs 29.30 and that's, yeah, it's going to be hard to beat. You know, you've got to break the record to beat him. Yeah, and, and again, as we know, you know, big races are won at the start. They're won by box draws. Reverse the boxes, as you said, sipping Kyrgios with the red. Uh, he'd be near enough to around the $2, 220 favourite in this, but he draws the middle, he draws the squeeze. Uh, more sauce, as we saw last week, only second ever 500, official 500. Casual glance parked out in box number eight, one of the most consistent uh, chasers going around. Mickey, good luck on Friday night to you and Michelle. Uh, I know you're desperate to win a race like this. It's the, I think it's the third time the boys have clashed in a, in a major race final. Yeah, it is, mate. Yeah, Maitland Cup, Grafton Cup, and now the Blacktop, yeah. I hope you um, I back cop the tip there last week when I said um, casual glance was ready to go. Uh, I did, Mick, and I tipped it to a few other people as well because I could tell, I could tell <laughs> you were giving a real, real push for him. And uh, no, he, he went terrific. And yeah, I think he's going to be awfully hard to beat. I like him out there on Friday night. I, I actually think yeah, he's better drawn well than more sauce on the inside myself, but that's how you read yep. Everyone reads races differently. I'm happy that. to pick up the little fish, boys, with Robbie Rodden on uh, at uh, Maitland on Monday night again. Thank you, Michael. No worries, fellas. Have a great day. Good Thank on you, you Mickey. Again. Mick Lill there joining us on Behind the Boxes. And, Timmy, again, you know, as I say, it's, it's so critical that, that early... 
the, the first three or four strides out of the boxes. You know, you look at more source and, and I personally, I don't think he's been coming out as well as what he can, mm. but you know, he's going to do it again. And to, to not come out brilliantly and still run 493, as Mick said, if he comes out just with them, he's going to break 490. How are they going to lead him off the red? Yeah, the big asset is zipping Alabama drawn on his outside, as far as I'm concerned, because I, he does want to shift a little from an inside alley. He's not a hard railer. And when Mick said about box five or one, and it didn't really matter, he didn't think. I agree. I think actually Morsels wouldn't have been too badly drawn in the five because he's just got that high speed and he could have just worked across without any pressure from the outside. Zipping Alabama being there won't give him any pressure, but there's going to be pressure coming down from the outside. If Zulu Warlord gets away, I know he will run a straight line. There's no doubt about that or get a little wide, but Paycor will be coming across if she begins like she can. Casual Glance will be charging over as well. So there's going to be a stack of pressure in that dry to the first turn. I think he needs to come out and run 490 to hold the lead. And if he does, uh, look, as Mick alluded to, he, he, he'll run 29-3, and it's awfully hard to run anything down running 29-3. And, and Zipping Kyrus is probably the only dog in the race that could run another dog down running 29-3, but he'd have to get straight to second. And I just don't know how he can get straight to second at the first turn like he did in his heat because he's got Zulu Waterlord under his neck here who won't give an inch. I think the best chance for Zipping Kyrgios to win the race, walk out straight to the rails, and then there could be a run at the first turn for him because if Zulu Warlord happens to shift up the track, Paycall's coming across, Casual Glance is coming across, well, all of a sudden there might be a run coming through the inside. Um, look, if Zipping Kyrgios had drawn under Zipping Warlord in this race, change those boxes, I'd be tipping Zipping Kyrgios, but I just think he's going to need a heck of a lot of luck um, in that drive to the first turn. But I think Zipping Warlord is probably the key to the race, Duke. If he does begin, he could hold those outside greyhounds up if they don't come out under the leads. Yeah, well, Mini Finn is just about to join us here on Behind the Boxes, but let's go back to last Friday night. Brilliant track sense here from Zipping Kyrgios. He drew box number seven. Have a look at him get to the fence. Racing, pay call box nicely down on the inside, showing good speed too, was battling Mavis, pushing up in behind them, zipping Kyrgios, nice and handy as they go through that first mark in 497. Leading the way was pay call, zipping Kyrgios straight through into second. Then came in behind them was Memphis, keeping trucking along the inside, a break back in behind them to battling Mavis, a break in behind them to Lily Benner, wider at high expectations and secrecy, up on the outside goes zipping Kyrgios, put the port to the floor and opened up, raced away, zipping Kyrgios, too speedy for pay call. What a brilliant performance there by Zipping Curios to take out his heat of the Group 2 Black Top last week. Joining us now, Mini Finn. Mini Box 5 in the final. Was that a bit of a, I guess, were you deflated when you saw that box draw, given his brilliant performance to win his heat? Uh, yes and no, um, because he's not going to be up near the lead early, so it wouldn't matter what box he had, really. He just continues to step up, doesn't he? I mean, equal track record at Dubbo, you know, 30 and two at Richmond recently. His last 15 starts, I don't think he's been out of a hole. Um, if you look, go back to his early part of his career when he was hit and miss at box rise, you obviously knew he had a massive motor, but again, he's not brilliant away now, but gee whiz, he's just taken that next level as far as handling himself in a field goes. Yeah, he's learned to race now and... Um... 
because he's such a good chaser, um, he goes for the gaps now and it's all working at the moment. And, and Min, that was clearly evident in, in uh, the heat on, on Friday night. He was away fairly, but then just going through that first turn, he just showed that great track sense, dove straight back to the inside. All of a sudden, he was parked on uh, pay calls, hammer into the back. Early days, there's no way in the world he would have taken that run because to me in those uh, early days when he, we really came on the radar, he was, I had him down as more of a straight track or even a little bit of a wide runner, but he's certainly not that these days, is he? No, for sure. Um, early days when we um, trialled him at when he was very fast, but then we put him in a field for that bait and he was all at sea, wanted to hook out wide off dogs and didn't know how to race. But, yeah, no, he's put it together now. He's had 39 star uh, 38 starts, I should say, 19 wins, so 50% winning strike rate, racing some of the best greyhounds in New South Wales and Australia. Min, how do you see Friday night's final at the Gardens going? Well, uh, there's four very... Speedy dog's going to go into the first turn, and um, I hope he really probably misses it, misses the four, Mickey Hardman's dog, and just goes over to the fence, and he's going to need a lot of luck, get a good run through at the first turn like he did last week. And, Minnie, you've got Zipping Alabama in the race as well. Now, her run was quite tidy behind Casual Glance. She found the line strongly. She, she hasn't got any pace at all. We know that. But she has got a big in, engine and she is powerful. I think she's well drawn on the two. And you've just alluded to, uh, in the two and you've just alluded to Zulu Warlord. Uh, you know, Zipping Kiris has got to dodge him. Well, Zulu Warlord might make the race as far as zipping Alabama's concerned, he might be able to get an, or she might be able to get a nice little run up on the inside and settle fourth or fifth. I think she, do you think she could get into a hole late with her strength? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, she's got plenty left in her because um, she hadn't seen the track. And um, I think she was all at sea last week. If we could just get her to come out with them, she will stay over on the fence and she has got the ability to run 29-4. I'm sure of that. Easy. If she can get up there early. All right, Minnie. Best of luck in Friday night's final. Uh, you and the old master have obviously put the polish on them this week. And uh, Zipping Curios has say he's run last week in the heats was sensational. Best of luck. $40,000 to the winner, man. Thank you. Thanks, Guy. Minnie Finn there joining us on Behind the Boxes. And Battler, I know that you don't get gold stars for tipping favourites off red boxes, but I just think more sources due to come out under them. I think he can lead. I think he can lead clearly. I think there could be trouble behind him. But I tell you that I do want to back. I don't normally back, you know, placings or, you know, I, I'm normally a straight out punter. I do like Ritza William to hop straight in behind more source in that run of the first turn. I think Davo's got a live chance of finishing on the podium. And who knows if there's trouble up in front of him with more source, Ritza William may get that sneaky run through. I think he's around the, the 20, $21 mark at the moment. Which way are you leaning, mate? I concur a little bit with Ritza William. Look, I, I the, the more I look at the race, Duke, I find it really, really hard. I, I just, I can just envisage a bit of jostling in that run of the first turn. And as far as tipping in the race, I think the play of the race, and after just talking to Minnie, I've got a little more of a push now. I think zipping Alabama to run a place is a tremendous bet here. I looked, he's currently between six and 750 on the different corporates. Uh, look, she's going to get a gun run on the rails. She's got no pace at all, none at all. So she'll get burnt off early. 
But with zipping Warlord in four, straight line, wanting to get up the track a bit, and the pace, genuine pace in six, seven, and eight coming across, there could be a little jamming, jostling, take the wind out of a few of their sails. At that point, if more source is in front, it's probably all over if Zipping Kiros doesn't get straight there. But uh, look, I think Zipping Alabama, for those reasons, I think she's a tremendous bet here. And Minnie just said she can run 29. She could run 29-4 on her own around uh, around the gardens. Um, look, I don't think she can win the race. Don't get me wrong. But gee, I think she's a great bet. If you can get $7.50 to run a hole, and even if you can get the little boost or whatever, you might be getting $9 to get a, get into the money there. I think she's a great little bet sitting Alabama. As far as a win bet is concerned, I'm probably leaning more toward casual glance. Uh, if he did come out running, he could cut and run at the first turn. But, oh, geez, I think any one of three or four dogs could lead the race if they all begin. Well, of course, the Blacktop is the feature event. The other feature event that is also and always run on Blacktop night is the Macca, named in honour of uh, a great mate of both yours and I's and... In, Johnny McDermott, you had a lot more to do with Macca, but as I said in the past, one of the loveliest gentlemen that you'll ever meet. Uh, it is race nine on the card. Lily Banner comes up uh, with a rails box in this, and she will be awfully tough to beat, Timmy. Yeah, she will be. And it's great to see uh, the Macca being run again this year. And, uh, you know, special significance with Macca passing away uh, last year. Uh, yeah, I think Lily Banner uh, is clearly the one to beat with flashing Oscar drawn on her outside. Hasn't got a great deal of early pace. Uh, there's genuine pace from Black Flipper. And, and you can't deny Fire Legend. He's just a seasoned old campaigner. He's a terrific dog. But I think if Lily Banner begins and she leads, I, I don't think they can run her down because she's got plenty of strength on her side uh, these days. And from that inside alley, particularly with flashing Oscar drawn on her outside, I, I think she's clearly the one to beat. So it's a shame we can't be there uh, on Friday night. Duke, I would have loved to have gone up for the uh, meeting and uh, I called uh, uh, the Macca once. I think, well, 10, 2010, 2011, Macca wasn't well for the blacktop. And I called the uh, the race the race meeting that night and Penthouse for Jason Thompson actually won the race. So, um, yeah, it's good to see um, good to see the Maccas being run again. As I said, special significance this year after Macca passed away last year. Yep, the Group 2 blacktop, it will be staged at 9.18pm local time on Friday evening. We're going to take a short break here on Behind the Boxes. Come back and we're going to talk Big Peter's Classic, Peter Mossman Opal. We're also going to talk Group 2 Sydney Cup. We'll have What's Hot and What's Not, brought to you by Ivory Coat. Of course, the rumour file, dogs to follow, a whole lot more coming up right after this. Welcome back to Behind the Boxes. The Blacktop takes centre stage on Friday night. Last night at Wentworth Park, Wednesday night, we had three heats of the Group 2 Sydney Cup battler. You were trackside for the first time in what must have been an eternity. Uh, let's go through these heats. Stanley Road in the first heat, absolutely brilliant. Outstanding. Uh, arguably his career best win. I know it was only a small field and he was suited by the small field and he got the rails run when it mattered going down the back straight. But gee, Duke, he found the line like a runaway freight train. He came home in 1210. 41.93 overall. Um, look, the way this Sydney Cup is going to be run next Saturday night, um, it might be run to suit him. He's going to need luck just due to his racing traits. But, oh, gee, look, that was only his second 700-metre run since late May. 
Uh, he ran 42.51 the week prior when he finished third behind Miss Esme. And it was a cracking run. It could have been a career best run as well. But look, uh, he's the king of the staying ranks at the moment for good reason. And I think he is the one to beat coming into the final. I can't help but think Mark Gatter's timed his run to perfection with uh, Stanley Ryder. If you go back to that Association Cup win earlier this year, a similar sort of campaign. He took his time with the dog, didn't rush him. Uh, and again, the similarities are there. This will be next Saturday night will be his third run over the trip this time in. And look, it doesn't matter where he draws in the field because you know he's going to drop out. He just needs that ounce of luck. But like you, I thought it was a career-defining win last night. It was. It was indeed. Um, like he is, he is, uh, if he continues on this path he's on, um, look, he could be remembered as one of the, 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 the best days of the modern era because he's just got that massive motor and he's going to be in the finish if he just gets that ounce of luck in the run because he does need a bit of luck, Duke, because he drops out and he is a hard railer. He doesn't want to go around dogs, but he is going around dogs more than what he did in the early days. He would re he used to refuse to leave the fence, but he does now. But look, he, he's not going to get it all his own way to getting around a couple of the dogs who are drawn in boxes one and two in the final line of quality. Uh, it doesn't want to leave the fence. So he's going to probably have, and he's going to have a few of those dogs in front of him. So he's going to probably have to leave the fence at some stage during the race to get in it and get out after the leaders. But uh, look, I, I, when we're recording this show on Thursday morning, there's no market up as yet. It'll be interesting market, Duke. I, I think Miss Esme probably will go up a favourite just because she's probably got that big boom on her and Super Estrella was terrific as well. But, you know, Stanley Road, you know, he, he just due to his racing traits, the bookies might want to take a bit of a risk with him. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting when the market does, does go up. Yeah, I think Miss Esme drawn on his inside, Kylie Keeping drawn on his outside. They're actually going to make it for him because, you know, both of them are going to ping. Um, mm. So he's not going to get that bustle at the start. So... Let's talk about Miss Esme. She had box seven last night, her second run over the 700 at Wenty. Uh, again, typical jump and run performance from her. She's been outstanding over the past few months. Three track records, uh, one of them at Richmond over the 700, a couple over the middle distance. But again, she's just got that brilliant box speed, Timmy. And again, she comes up with box four in the final, but boxes don't matter to her over the 700. Yeah, spot on Duke. She actually ran 15.95 for the first section, so she could have won a 280-metre race beginning like she did and going as quick as what she did in those early stages. The big concern with a Duke, she's going to have to find a couple of a good couple of tens because what did she run? 42.29 uh, overall. Now, you're going to have to be running 42 to be winning this race for sure and certain, maybe a little lower. The big concern for mine, and I think she'll take benefit out of the run, but... She did run home in 12.83. Now, Duke, Stanley Road ran home in 12.10. So if they run home in those identical times, Stanley Road could effectively give her 10 lengths on that top turn and run her down. So when you put it into perspective, she really needs to find a little bit in that final section. She needs to find a good couple of tenths. Uh, she's in the care of Jack Smith. Now he's he, he he's a terrific trainer. So and after talking to him uh, last night after the race, you got that feeling he, he had a little extra in the tank. So look, I'm certain she'll get 
down to uh, under under the uh, under the 42 seconds. Whether it is in the Sydney Cup final is another matter, but she will at some stage in her career. So, yeah, box matters uh, are brilliant. It doesn't matter where she draws. And probably drawing underneath Super Australia, who's out on the eight, is going to play in her favour as well because, uh, you know, if she burned her off, she could just hold on to, hold on to her coattails mid-race. And uh, she did run her down um, a couple of starts ago. So, or she has a couple of times. So, yeah, it'll be interesting how that, that plays out as well. But if those two are burning early, again, it might play into the hands of Stanley Road. Yeah, and we talk about Super Estrella. Uh, box one last night, again, showed a customary early pace. She had uh, zipping the seco right on her tail in the early stages, Timmy. And I guess the... The question that you're asking yourself down the back was how forward was zipping Naseko uh, and could it run Super Estrella down? But in the final stages, Super Estrella pulled out plenty. She's obviously getting tougher as she has more of this 700 racing under her belt. I thought she was terrific running 42-0 last night. She was. She was tremendous. Straight to the top. She just broke their hearts. Uh, zipping the seco, she was terrific, Duke. She was gallant. She was gritty. She that was her first what seven hundred meter run since uh, early July. So her run, she she was game in defeat. Uh, she'll take a hell of a lot of benefit out of the run, and she's uh, well drawn. She's come up with the cherry uh, in the final, and that's where she wants to be. She's got line of quality on her outside. Who walks out, and he he he's got no early dash. Um, so she might be Johnny on the spot getting, you know, she could be parked third behind, you know, the two bitches, Super Estrella and Miss Esme early. If she can get down to a PB of, you know, just over 42 seconds, 42.05, well, she could be ready to pounce in the latter stages as well with that run under her belt. Um, Super Estrella, you did mention, she's getting stronger and stronger. I love her drawn wide. Uh, I think she'll carve across. I think she'll go to the, I think she's the leader in the race. Even if her and Miss Esme come out together, I think she can just go that little bit quicker in the, you know, uh, early and mid stages to lead. And then we're set up for a mouthwatering finish. But again, uh, going, she, her run home time was 12.68. Uh, the week, report, week prior was 12.78. So again, Stanley Road could give Super Estrella, if, they, if he got a clear run, you know, seven or eight lengths on that top turn and run her down. So, yeah, I, th I think we've got a great race coming up, Duke. Yeah, and look, that's the thing. You've got two dogs that are high flying out in front. As you say, there is, you know, 10 lengths in difference in the run home. But but the point is, Super Estrella and Miss Asmay out with clear air, mm. Stanley Road having to negotiate traffic. Yeah. And, and that's where it brings it back that yeah. on times, yeah, he get, can give them 10 lengths, mm. but in a full dog feel, it's a it's a totally yeah. different situation. And... and, and the little concern too, with as I mentioned earlier, zipping the seco line of quality both drawn one and two. Now they're hard railers, so if Stanley Road is behind them in the run, he's going to have to get around them at some stage in the race. They won't leave the fence, so we won't generally won't get a run up on the inside. And we did see him run that twelve ten run home on Wednesday night, but he got that beautiful inside run. But yeah, if you want to be on a front runner. You got to back either Miss Esme or Super Estrella. If you want to be on the back marker, Stanley Rhodes certainly the go. And the knockout Greyhound zipping the Seco Duke definitely the knockout Greyhound. She's going to get a beautiful run parked just third or fourth right right on their hammer. And of course, the final of the Group Two Sydney Cup will be held on Saturday week, along with the finals of the Group One Peter Mossman Opal, the Group One Vic Peters Classic. Four heats of the Peter Mossman Opal Timmy on Saturday night at Wentworth Park. Obviously, the highlight act of those four heats, good odds cash, who comes up in race number four, 
She draws box seven. She has been absolutely flying. She's a dynamic little bitch. Uh, she'll go in a clear favourite for the series and should be. Uh, I, I, I like where she's drawn in her heat. She's drawn wide out. Uh, she's she's basically faultless at the moment, Jerk. She's she's got good box matters. She's got that speed to put herself right in the lead of the first turn, and and she knuckles down at the end when she she has to as well. A, a recent win at Bulleye when she she come three deep, you know, um, and she had to work overtime to win a, a few runs ago. It was a tremendous run, and that really showed me on that particular night. Look, she's not just a one trick pony, you know, straight to the top and just run the ragged. So um, she has run twenty nine around Whitworth Park. There's no doubt Frank and Tracy Hurst will have uh, her prime. They've had this race marked for a little while now. She'll be ready to rock uh, rock and roll Saturday night. And yeah, she's a, she's a clear series favourite for mine. Chase Me Honey comes up in heat number one for Mick Harbin. She's been absolutely mm -hmm. sensational lately, particularly Adapto brought that form to Wentworth Park. The second of the heats, very, very open. We've got best on ground for... Uh, Daryl Thomas, owned by a few of the jockeys. It draws awkwardly in box four. In the third heat, again, another very open heat there, but you've got the lights of Masika. A coast model, a greyhound, uh, first up for around three months on Saturday night, 29.6. We know that she's got brilliant early pace. I'm really keen to see her. Yeah, and she's gone straight into the series. So, look, uh, Andy and Jody know what they're doing. So there's no doubt she's going well in private to be thrown straight into a Group 1 series without a run. Um, I like her when she's drawn in the middle. She can ping. She's got high speed. She can cut and run. She's run 29.62 uh, around with, with Park. And she's raced in some really, really strong races, Duke. I know this is a Group 1, but it's an age-restricted bitches race. She's got around a, a Whitworth Park in much stronger races than what she is actually in on Saturday night. Analyzing for Mickey Hardman. Uh, she's flying. She's got those great early, uh, great box manners and the early speed. And, and as you said, Masika, when she's on song, she can put the time on the board, but a little worried about where she does map in this particular race with Coast Model on her outside, analysing in the two, they'll be charging into the first turn together. Yeah, an intriguing race, but um, yeah, I think Coast Model, I, I think betting might tell the story there. So just watch the late betting with Coast Model. That'll probably be an indication to how well she's going uh, coming into the series. Some of the real champions of our sport have won the Vic Peters Classic, notably Brother Fox. Uh, we've got five heats. <laughs> Seriously, there, there are some sensational dogs going around. How about Bandit Ned? 16 career starts, 13 wins, 29.55 there uh, last Saturday night. It draws box six in race number seven. And then the other, the other fields, they're just chock full of quality, Timmy. Uh, let's go through the first one. Uh, Zipping Kansas comes up with box seven in race five and the trial track touts are telling me that it absolutely flew there on Tuesday night. Oh, okay. Well, there's a push. And then Juki has run 29.69 around the track. Um, well, he went yeah. even quicker on Tuesday night, apparently. Well, there you go. Jeez, you've got men everywhere. Juice Loss has got men everywhere. No wonder you're flying on the punt. Uh, yeah. oh, please. Uh, look, there's a little roughy in this race. Billy Creek uh, ran 29.40 odd at Dubbo recently. Um, went terrific. I, I, I don't know what he, you know, he's first up at Whitworth Park. So uh, a query there. But if he can bring his 
his best form to Wendy. Look, he's a genuine ruffy here, uh, 10 to 1. Uh, but Zibbing Kansas should be the favourite. Uh, no doubt, 220 in early markets, which I found. It was hard to find a market, but we found one, 220 Zibbing Kansas. Uh, Kansas. Billy Creek's 9.50 and King Power for Natalie McDonald, uh, $4 King Power, 30 and 20 uh, winner at Weddy recently and will take a, a heck of a lot of benefit out of that run and draw on the inside. So, uh, yeah, I think Billy Creek's a little roughy there, but look, I'm sure if uh, your mail is right, Zipping Kansas will probably start well into the red uh, off that quick try. Let's hope it is right. <laughs> hey, uh, race six, the second heat. Mickey Do for Mark Davidson draws box number seven. What have you heard? Of, what does he trial there? Uh, I actually don't know. I know he only had a post post actually, so I'm not exactly sure of the the times. Uh, Dave, I did. I think he did mention last week. I don't know whether actually he told us times, but look, I, I think he went. They were they were happy with the trial anyway. Um, look, he, he he's got to mend his box manners. He's become very very hit and miss. He he, he bombed the jump in the gear, the heat of the black top last week, and then it was it was all over Red Raver at that that point. You can't you can't bomb. You can't bomb the starts when you get up into this grade, Duke, and, and you're taking on the big guns, particularly at Wentworth Park. So uh, he will need to begin better. But if he does, he's got the ability to win the race. Powderfinger, who I highlighted a little while ago on this uh, this show, I think uh, he's got talent. He's got talent. He's a bit green, though, and he hasn't got much early dash. But he'll need a bit of luck. And Tarawai Ted for Dave Smith, who's... Just having a tremendous run, but he's been. We've probably been saying that for two years now with uh, Dave. Um, he, he ran twenty nine, what eighty odd, uh, winning recently at Wentworth Park and drawn two underneath Powderfinger, and that is the big plus for Tara White Ted. So we'll get every chance to to lead that race. But yeah, look, betting suggests uh, two main chances in Tara White Ted and Mickey Do, and it's hard to hard to disagree, Duke. Third heat, and as I said, Bandit Ned draws box number six, 13 wins, 16 starts. Absolutely impossible to go past him, particularly given his career best performance of 29.55 there last Saturday. Yeah, he's a belter, isn't he? He's absolutely airborne. He, he's going like a, a Learjet. Um, early days, he, he you know he had a few little head issues. It appear, appears to be uh, right on top of that. Uh, JD and Andy have got him flying. Um, He's not too badly drawn where he is in the six. Early markets having him around the 135, 140 mark. I, I, I wouldn't want to take that price. Uh, about Bandit Ned, you know, just drawn where he is. But even though he, he's not too badly drawn, but it's a pretty skinny quote. But look, he's arguably the uh, informed greyhound in New South Wales at the moment. He just continues to notch up win after win each and every week. So, um, yeah, clear favourite. And uh, I would say in uh, when we do see an all-in market, which I would imagine will go up in the next 24 hours or so, he will probably be at the head of betting for the uh, for the uh, the Vic Peters. The last two heats, very open, multiple winning chances uh, in race number eight, which is the fourth heat. You've got dogs like Springview Magic, who we know has got a ton of early pace. Uh, Sound of Silence as strong as an ox. Irinka Riley's gone uh, 66 there. Where's Rocky? 29.87. Uh, which way are you leaning in heat number four, Battler? 
I'm going to be with uh, Springview Magic. Uh, I tipped him uh, to win last week and lucky he went straight to the front, but yeah, he got reeled in in the latter stage. It was a bit of a concern the last 40 or 50 because he just fell in a heap. But look, I think it'd be better for that run. Uh, if he begins like he does, I think he can lead. He has got a bit of pace underneath him though in Aussie quarters who won't give uh, him an inch. See the silence on his outside hasn't got much genuine pace over 500 metres. I think Springview Magic leads. Uh, if he can just improve a couple of tenths, I think it'd be awfully hard to beat. Irinka Riley, he's a greyhound. I'll tell you what, he's raced in some elite races, Duke, and he's run some really, really good, good yeah. races. Uh, he hasn't got that early dash of a few of these, but if he happened to get the, nearer to the fence at the first corner and a bit of a run into the back straight, he could be the definite closer. Uh, but I, I'm in the corner of Springview Magic just... Judo, I think he's a clear leader. Uh, he'll just need to improve a tenth or two. And in the last heat, have a look at this. We've got top quality, uh, unbeaten, four starts, four wins. Uh, Maitland and the Gardens ran 29.72 at its first 500 there uh, about three weeks back. Uh, then we've got Lockmaster, who's gone 29.77 at the track. And then a greyhound that we highlighted last week, my dog to follow, Falcon Fly, makes his debut here. Uh, they may just go a little bit too quick for him in this battler. And you've got Aston Brack drawn out in box seven, who's run 74 as well. Yeah, this is a tremendous uh, uh, final heat. And they're all drawn, all the favoured runners are all drawn right next to each other, uh, uh, Duke, in five, six and seven. Top quality, uh, you'd imagine Daryl would have trialled him around the track in preparation for this. If he can bring that provincial form uh, to Wentworth Park, he's going to be hard to beat. Like Masters run 29, what, 77 around Wentworth Park and Aston Barack at a similar time. So, uh, yeah, I think this is a tricky, tricky, uh, tricky final heat. Uh, and, you know, foul can fly is on an upward trend but look this is a pretty tough heat to uh to um be first up at Wentworth Park in isn't it so yeah I I don't really know where to look there the favorite is Lockmaster early market in three dollars and twenty so yeah it'll be interesting to see which way the punters go there but I'd be monitoring betting with top quality anyway the five heat winners and the three fastest seconds will go through to what will be a big night on October 16th. Battler, you and I will be trackside that night. We're going to do an enhanced coverage uh, via our Facebook stream and our digital stream here on Greyhound Racing New South Wales. Uh, two group ones that night, plus the group two Sydney Carp. It's good to be able to talk about racing and, and being able to get trackside. I know there's still questions about uh, whether people can get trackside and we'll have answers to that coming up. But just to see feature racing back and and on the calendar, it's it's unreal. It is, Duke. And we had that bit of a uh, bit of a lull due to the uh, you know the uh, postponement of the million dollar chase to next year. So normally during that period, it's all million dollar chase talk. And now we're getting back into early October, the Blacktop, the Group Ones at Weddy. Sydney Cup and then we've got the Goulburn Cup the Lismore Cup coming up as well so yeah it's it's an exciting time and there's nothing better than than tuning in and, and watching the the, the the group one dogs go around Weddy Park um it, it was great to be there back on track uh last night for the Sydney Cup heats I hadn't been to a, a racetrack since uh late June so it was good to get back trackside and looking forward to the big final night uh on Saturday week with that enhanced coverage uh Behind the boxes, back at well, back at well, at ready for the first time. Look out, anything could happen, Duke. Oh, it'll be three or four hours. We'll be on air, won't we? Jeez. Yeah, I know. I'll have to go to the big smoke again. I don't know what it's like. Jeez. Hey, listen, uh, time for 
one of our most popular segments, What's Hot, What's Not, brought to you by Ivory Co. for uh, the best food for your greyhounds, for your companion animals, and even for your cats and that. Make sure you check out Ivory Coat, which are our proud sponsors of What's Hot and What's Not. Battler, what's been burning for you this week, mate? What's hot? Uh, I've got to give a wrap to keeping on a greyhound who notched up its eighth consecutive win last week uh, has been flying for Alan Ivers. Geez, Al's done a tremendous job with this greyhound. Um, been winning around Richmond in the gardens, running flying times, ran 29, uh, 22.91, winning his eighth consecutive race last Friday, has run 29.54 at Richmond. And Al's just been poking around uh, those tracks, uh, winning race after race with keeping on. So got to give keeping on and Al Ivers uh, a wrap for the job he's done with uh, this Greyhound. Uh, keeping on, that's for sure. That's uh, certainly been doing that, keeping on winning races. I'll tell you what, I know commentators and I know we cop a bit of flack sometimes because we seem to highlight the big kennels, the big names. I mean, that's mm. just natural. They're in the spotlight all the time. <clears throat> Pardon me. But it doesn't mean you don't pay due recognition. And, and mm. for me, what's hot this week, Jody and Andy Lord, go back to Wentworth Park last Wednesday night. They trained five of the nine winners. Uh, they won again on uh, last Saturday night, Bandit Neck going 29.55. Andy got a double last night at Wentworth Park. And I know people say, oh, they've got, you know, 100 dogs and they've got the best dogs. As Mark Davidson said last week, you've still got to win races. I think mm. it's unfair not to not to pay homage to some of the deeds that these people do. I love, I love pumping up the battlers. I love pumping up the one and two dog kennels. But at the same time, as I said, pay due recognition to train five of nine winners on a Wednesday night winning meeting. That is bloody amazing. Oh, outstanding effort, Duke. Five out of nine. <laughs> you know, it's, um, you, you, you know, and I, I'd like to think on this, show we do pay credit to the battlers but we also do the big trainers you know the jason mccain's jody and Andy Lord, when they do have runs like this or win big races or whatever it might uh, be but uh yeah again a couple of uh winners last night at wedding and one of the races too didn't have much luck i think the the, the kennel mates annoyed each other and probably cost uh andy uh, andy and jody a winning treble so um yeah no they're having a tremendous run and all the way through uh you know this this period when we've had well it, it, initially when you know you were you were kept in your zones they, they've been uh knocking up winning plenty of races and uh you know going to now and Goulburn and winning three and four races at the various race meetings. So they've had a really, really good run uh, recently. And I think I might've read an article there uh, not too long ago that Andy said, you know, they, they, they've had a great run and as financially the last you know, couple of years have been, uh, I think Andy said something about, I've actually had to put in tax returns. I don't believe that. Time. I read that. I don't believe yeah. it. <laughs> not in too long. I need to see proof. I'm telling you. But it, it is good to read, though, Duke, when you, you, you hear leading trainers say that they are making a goal of it now. And we highlighted uh, on the show last uh, last week the increase in, in prize money for this current financial year and where we are now compared to where we were in 2015, 2016, the prize money levels back then. So, you know what? Um, it's good to see trainers come out and say that because, you know, there are a lot of times, you know, there are, you know, a lot of people, there's a lot of criticism of, you know, whether it be, you know, prize money or, or, or whatnot on how things are run, but it's great to see, you know, a, a big name trainer come out and say the industry is going that well, that, you know, financially, 
their game better than they ever have. Yeah, and, and personally, as I said, I, I don't think I've ever seen Greyhound Racing in New South Wales so healthy. And, hmm. we, you know, I know roadmaps the buzzword, obviously, with, you know, COVID and, and lockdowns and that, but the roadmap that GRNSW are creating for the future, hmm. that's where it all goes so well, that people have, can actually have the confidence that if yeah. they want to breed a litter, there's a chance they can either sell hmm. them. If they don't want to sell them, when they go up to racing them, you've got... You know, again, people want to knock 300-metre races. Well, there's a race for every dog. We, and welfare is such an important part of our industry now. We've got to make sure there are races for 300-metre dogs. And, and, and again, you've got this, you know, you've, there's a roadmap which says if you want to be involved in greyhound racing, you can actually make a living out of it. I agree. I agree. And, and, and it's not only just prize money too, which uh, there's plenty of money being pumped into, but track upgrades, Duke. There's millions upon millions being spent in the next couple of years on track upgrades. Uh, the uh, the Gap facilities and Bylong Park, which was mentioned recently, which has been purchased as a farm stay. So it's not just prize money. The whole industry, money is going to the different uh, parts of the industry and for the industry to succeed in the future we need everyone getting together we need gap we need prize money on the on the rise and and we need upgraded tracks so uh, of course I work for Greyhound Racing New South Wales so I'm going to talk up uh, the organisation but I think uh, led by Tony uh, the board Wayne Billet uh, Greyhound Racing uh, in this state is on an upward trend and the way we're going, you know, it's exciting times. All right. Let's find hopefully some winners for our viewers and our listeners. Uh, what is your dog to follow this week on behind the boxes battler? Yeah. Neangar boy uh, for young Caitlin Brewer, who we had on uh, with Ricky on this show a, a number of weeks ago. I spotted this greyhound at Bulleye over the last few weeks and got the money there uh, earlier on in the rep week, running 22-32, leading all of the way over the 400 metres. No luck prior. And then was narrowly beaten by uh, incapacitated a few runs ago at Bulleye in quick time. Now, it's a former Victorian who has run around 30 seconds uh, at the Meadows. Now, I think this guy is a future, you know, city winner at midweek. I'm not saying group races or even, on, you know, Saturday night class, but I think, uh, you know, in time, he'll probably get to Wentworth Park. He's got uh, great box manners, uh, plenty of early burn. So I think he, he's a greyhound who will, you know, find the top of Wentworth Park over the 500 metres when he gets back up uh, up to that, this preparation. As I said, a, a winner at the Meadows around 30 seconds. So I think he's a he's a future Wentworth Park winner, even if you do follow him in, in the next few weeks on the Provincials. And then when he does get up to 500 metres, I think he'll be getting the cash in, in the city. All right. My dog to follow, we spoke about her earlier to, uh, in the episode, is Coast Model, who goes around in a heat of the Group 1 Peter Mossman Opal. Uh, she's won 10 from 24. She's by Fernando Bale out of Champion Model. This, the next litter to Champion Model are currently racing at the moment and winning at Wentworth Park, there by Barcia Bale. Uh, again, a dog that's run 29-6 at Wentworth Park with 5.40 early splits. She resumes on Saturday night uh, after three months off the scene. And I guess the giveaway here, Timmy, is that her last two starts, she's finished uh, unplaced behind. Wow. So she goes into this age-restricted classic and Andy and Jody wouldn't be starting her yeah. if she wasn't right. Yeah, you're spot on there. Straight into group one. Uh, you would imagine she's flying in preparation. You can't get your mailman on... on uh, 
on, on no. the phone and see whether whether he can find oh, it. I should just account. ring Andy and ask him. <laughs> what, what, why aren't you ringing him before this show? Goes oh, to where to give us a mail, eh? You're keeping something quiet there. No, you gotta let you gotta let them get a quid, seriously. But I just thought she again, you go back to that form, you know, three, four, five months ago. She she is a genuine lead pinger. Uh, yeah. I know she's drawn awkwardly, um, but it's a race where she's clearly the best dog in that race on she, Saturday she, night. She's not drawn awkwardly if she begins. Don't yeah. worry about that. Box five went with Park. If you begin and you got speed, don't worry about where you're drawn. She'll she'll carve across and lead if she's anywhere near her best. Um, I, I, look, I love I love good beginners with a pace drawn in box five or four or five at Woodworth Park. And I, I think she's a bitch who's well drawn in the middle. She's not a big, big girl. So she, she'll have no, if she begins, she's got no, if you've got box one, you might have a bit of pressure coming down from the outside. She can work across. Don't worry about the awkward draw. She begins, she'll probably get the money. Thank you. You've given me confidence. I'll just ring Andy just to confirm. Anyway. Hey, listen, the rumour file, the rumours don't go away about some of the big money on offer. But seriously, what about New South Wales politics? Gladys is gone. Yeah. Dominic Perrottet, the new leader. John Barillaro, the uh, leader of the Nats, he's gone as well. Again, it's funny to think five years ago, this coalition government self-imploded again with the with the uh, the proposed their proposed ban on greyhound racing. Uh, they're still in power now. Obviously, they've become a great supporter of greyhound racing, and we thank them for that. But gee whiz, what's happening? Yeah, it's been a, a big week, hasn't it? A big four or five days, six days with uh, with Gladys going what, last Friday and, uh, and, and, and and the deputy, John Barillaro. So, yeah, uh, Dominic Perrottet, he's in control now. And uh, one thing we do know, he likes getting uh, the economy going, Duke. So uh, I think everyone is more excited now with, with the opening up of, of uh, you know, Freedom Day next week and whatnot. So, yeah, interesting times ahead uh, as far as the political scenes uh, are concerned. But, jeez, let's wind it up a bit. Let's get away from the politics, hey? Well, seriously, have you got any mail on anything? Any rumours from, from your neck of the woods? What's the story? Uh, no, no, not on any politics. On. I've got to say, nothing on politics. Uh, what about any mail? Um, it's got to be sunny. No, even at the track, uh, even at the track last night, I didn't get anyone taking on the coattails to uh, to produce any mail or anything like that. So yeah, very quiet. Which is, you know what, you know why there, there might not be any mail because we're back racing, we're back talking about racing at with Park and the Group One races, Group Two races, and whatnot. Oh, so that, just I'm, just wait for a couple of days there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give it time. Give it time. I think everyone's just caught up in the moment, Duke, for the moment, and 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 we're not, uh, you know, we're not. Uh, what spreading or <laughs> or uh, yeah, exactly. making up rumours uh, of what's happening in the industry? So yeah, we might have to uh, put our ear to the ground and, and see what we can come up with for next week, eh? If you'd like to get in touch with us here at Behind the Boxes, you can uh, do that via our social streams with Facebook and Twitter. Uh, our email address btb at grnsw.com.au. Hey, Battler, as I said, it's great to see. The big races on the big stage coming up. Don't forget that uh, Saturday week we'll be live trackside at Wentworth Park with a uh, big enhanced coverage that will go out through our digital stream. Yeah, really looking forward to getting back trackside. Crackerjack evening of Greyhound Racing with a couple of the Group 1s. Sydney Cup, it, it's going to be a race for the ages, Duke. So, yeah, can't wait to uh, to get back trackside to Wentworth Park back in the big smoke. All right, mate, you celebrate lockdown on, uh, on Monday, October the 11th, when you're able to go and get that Buffon. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we, we, we'll be taking, we'll get the four up the side and the back, taking plenty off. And I'll be, I'll be a new man on next week's show. Hopefully, you know what? I might, I might have to make a booking to get in because I'm tipping old, old Barry, Barry the Barbie. He's, he's going to be flat strapped for a good couple of weeks. Yeah, either that, I'll just get Paula to get the clickers. No, in the no. Hey, mate, have a great weekend. <laughs> we'll catch you next week. Thanks, Duke. Timmy, the battling new bold here on Behind the Boxes. I hope you have a great weekend if you're in Sydney. Enjoy coming out of lockdown on Monday. Don't forget all the big racing action at the Gardens Friday night with the running of the Group 2 Blacktop and also at Wentworth Park on Saturday night, four heats of the Group 1 Peter Mossman Opal, five heats of the Group 1 Vic Peters Classic. We'll see you next week on Behind the Boxes.